everyone and welcome to Common Thread. I'm Nana, a Ghanaian Nigerian with a passion for words and moving images. And I'm Yamini, an Indian with a deep interest for all things at the intersection of pop culture and social justice. Yeah, so it's, I think it's, yeah, technically it's the final week of the year. How have you been and how are you taking care of yourself? Wow. So 2020 has been a fun year. <laughs> um, I literally do not know a single person who would have categorized it as a good year, no matter what happened. Um, but I'm really enjoying uh, the holiday season, even though the pandemic is still very much still happening. Um, so I'm, I was interning and now I'm no longer interning and I'm really enjoying not having a to-do list. Mm. So I, I wake up, I, the, the first day of my break, I woke up and I was like, what do I have to do today? And I was like, you know what? I'm actually not going to do anything specifically. Um, and also I've been very randomly obsessed with skincare. Mm. Um, I've become one of those people who obsessively watches skincare YouTube videos, mostly because I find them incredibly soothing for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what what about you? How have you been handling the end of the disaster year? <laughs> it actually, I would say for me, has not been like, it's been disastrous in terms of seeing so many people dying and so much suffering. Um, right. I think I've been quite fortunate in 2020. I wouldn't say personally there's anything for me that's gone like terribly. Um, But that said, like the, I just finished my first semester of the PhD, which was incredibly stressful. And so I've been catching up on sleep a lot. Um, It's been nice just like being able to get eight hours plus or not worrying about what I have to do. Um, and then another thing I've been doing is like balancing company because it's the holidays and like it's time to see friends and family and, and spend time with people, but also making time to like be alone and be with myself and with my thoughts and all that. Um, I'm still figuring out the balance, but I had the sense last year that I was just like, surrounding myself with people because I thought that's something you do at this time of year and in some cases I realized maybe I was overdoing it and I didn't necessarily want to be surrounded by crowds of people just because it was certain days so yeah yeah, I've just been trying to be like more intentional about like okay I want to be with like this person now and okay maybe it's a lot and I should like take some time to recharge yeah Absolutely. I think that after the pandemic is officially over, uh, there should be some studies about how uh, people have now once again become socially awkward. Mm. Like I think that uh, I, I, I really, I mean, I know people who have said to me that if they, they have really been very, very careful and they were like, I don't know that I can be in a group of people anymore because I think I just freak out. Like I wouldn't mm. know how to engage with that. And the first time I was in a group, and I'm, as you know, an, like a ridiculously social person to the point that it's not healthy. Um, I myself was a little bit like, uh, you know, didn't know what was going on. Mm. So it's definitely been a weird year. It so, has, yeah. I yeah. think also like with what you said about people being awkward, I can definitely see that happening for me 
one in groups groups are going to be difficult um yeah. i think also just one on one with individual people um navigating like proximity and touch is still going to be difficult um in the sense yeah. that i've been seeing my friends but like on masks with masks and like with some distance from each other and like no physical contact yeah. etc um yeah. whereas I'm very aware that like this time last year I was going around and like hugging everybody etc so it, yeah. it's it, I can I can envision it being weird suddenly like trying to like hug another person or hold another person's hand or like sit next to somebody things that I had taken for granted before I can see myself being weird about them not because yeah. they're strange but just because I haven't done them in so long so long yeah 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 it's yeah. and i think uh, you're absolutely right like i've i've often just used the word bizarre to describe mm. this year um just honestly the things that you just that was so day to day and that was so normal have just just they've just not been options that you you mm. just can't do um and i think the crown season 4 which were like <laughs> segue which we're going to talk about <laughs> um arrived at like the absolute right time uh, yeah. for uh, i mean it is it is binge worthy it uh it definitely has always given us a lot to discuss mm-hmm. um and i think uh, i think especially because you know we finally meet diana people were really really tuning in this time and i have to say and we'll, we'll definitely get to uh, diana later um but i think that uh, they did a great job of not that wasn't the only thing this season had to offer like yeah. they didn't let that become the only thing the season was going to be about and i thought that was like right off the bat fantastic yeah um yeah. it was definitely so, like one of the main things but they also introduced like thatcher and also like some of her other kids which we'll get into with this episode where she was picking out her favorite. Right. Um yeah, so I I felt like it was a season actually in which they like displaced a bit um the queen herself as the main character. I agree. I agree. I think she kind of it was more about the crown. It wasn't just the person wearing the crown, but mm-hmm. also everyone in her orbit and how I feel like how unnatural that entire setup is. Mm. and i i thought it was kind of very interesting how they touched upon very real very like family oriented specific um issues and that those were you know explored like very much center stage and they are things that i think people in general have been grappling with more this year so i thought the context was really interesting and i think in that i mean we already just mentioned it which is that they did an episode which was about parents and their favorites and even the the you know the queen and her consort have favorites yeah. that's just how families work i mean my parents claim that there are no favorites <laughs> but and i i mean we we you can definitely have families where you're very much loved equally but there are these different relationships that form and i thought that was a super interesting episode yeah yeah um and the the second thing that i think they placed on center stage which was again deeply personal um and i thought it was interesting because it was an episode where i like the episodes where they refer to something very real and then they they reference it at the end of the episode with like a little thing like a little blurb mm. and that was the episode on um mental health yeah where 
they not just discussed therapy and um, depression, but also uh, explored how there were members of the royal family who were institutionalized yeah. and who core members of the royal family had no idea existed. Yeah, I had never heard. Had you heard about this story before? No, no, I hadn't. Yeah. I hadn't. Yeah, me neither. And I don't know if that was something that, would. I mean, I would think that that would have caused quite the stir or scandal, but I didn't, I don't, it wasn't in my conscious, I don't know if it was something that uh, was discovered when before our time, but I never heard about that. And so I was mm-hmm. wondering, like, what was your, what was your, what were your thoughts when you uh, saw that episode? It seemed um, just incredibly cruel, yeah, which yeah. sounds judgy, and I and I'm aware of that. But in this case, yeah, it just it seemed incredibly cruel um, that they would like just kind of toss people aside um, because they were different or because they didn't match this image of the royal family. And but in my mind, I had this like. I had this, like, I couldn't attribute the cruelty to just one person. So, and I don't know if this is something that the directors wanted us to feel, right? Um, Right. But I will say first, like, at first I thought it was cruel of the royal family to have cast these people away to maintain a certain image of themselves. And then I also thought it was cruel of the public because I feel like, in a way, this image that they are trying to maintain of the royal family being perfect in every way, including genetically... Um, is because, or at least they say, that this is the image that the public wants of them. Um, so I, I, I blamed, blame is not a good word, but I blamed or I, I felt it was cruel on the part of the royal family. I started to feel like it was cruel on the part of the public, but then I, I, I'm also in a way like, but is this what they want us to think? Because I realized a lot of the, in the show, a lot of the faults that are presented, either of the Queen or of Thatch or whatever, they find a way to dilute them um, so that right. everything is redeemed. So then I was also like, but is this like not knowing who is at fault part of them, like diluting the blame so the royal right. family doesn't seem terrible? Well, um, I, I also thought it, I'm sorry, did you? No, no, no. I was going to ask what you thought about it. Yeah, I actually also thought that it was a super interesting and very intense way to come back to a very basic and simple point of the only reason that they are the royal family is this random genetic, like that that is the only reasoning. And Mm. I thought that was a great way to be really, really harsh about pointing that out that mm. i mean something everyone knows like that's what the entire criticism like the the very obvious criticism of royalty is is that these are people who have done literally nothing to be in a position of power they've yeah. been in a position because they supposedly have you know a certain type of blood or are essentially considered the next i mean the next best to god or are of god and that is somehow wrapped up in genetics and i thought that was a very interesting way to bring that question very much to the forefront in a in a kind of like a harsh way like that was a that was a difficult Mm. episode to watch and I think um and actually I think it was one of those episodes where I really felt like and maybe this was just because when I watched it that was just my reaction 
but I just felt that they didn't really effectively redeem anyone in that episode because there was, I didn't feel like by the end of it, I was like, okay, you guys know this. And then you're like, eh, okay. Like it's, it's kind of terrible, but we'll just, we'll just go with it. Yeah. But yeah. don't you think, okay, not redeeming, but I think that like gives, um, is like an exit strategy or an excuse or gives them like some leeway. Um, yeah. They all, that's all, that's always been the case with this show. Of, yeah. um, and I appreciate showing nuance. I really, really do. But I just feel like that nuance is afforded to only one aspect. Like they have, yeah. they've not been universal in the way that that nuance has been distributed. Yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah. 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 So, and also, like, it, it didn't acknowledge, um, like, yes, it's the system that they're caught up in. But I think that the system leads to a choice. And it leads to, like, keeping this image of royal blood or choosing to, like, turn away from it and to, like, not throw aside your family who's not perfect. Perfect yeah. in quotes. Um, yeah. So I think that it's still in a way like left it as like, well, this is what we're expected to do and left out the right, like, like, and we accept this. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Um, and, and speaking of, uh, nuance and who it's afforded to, um, that, that brings us squarely to the, the episode. Um, I think it was called, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly. Cause I think it's a Latin term, terra nullius. Yes. Um, and if you if you do a quick search, just to give our listeners, aka our three friends from Cambridge, <laughs> uh, uh, to give them uh, a background on what that means, when you Google it, the first thing that comes up in the Oxford Dictionary is that it's land that is legally deemed to be unoccupied or uninhibited. Uh, in Australia, the question of whether British colonizers had regarded the continent as terra nullius at the time of the original settlement, and if so whether this was a proper designation was at the center of several important legal cases in the late 20th and early 21st centuries. Mm. And that's basically saying that the, the, it's, it's, you know, the British empire literally going to a place and saying that the original inhabitants essentially don't exist mm. because you're saying it means empty land, I think. Um, and we can fact check that later, but they're literally saying this land was empty and therefore it was not taken. Yeah. Which is an intense uh, term, an intense... Uh, and then the episode wasn't and intense. just like generally wrong. <laughs> yes, let's go with, let's start with that. Yeah. Because there were people there, yeah. Yeah, and I just didn't feel like um, in any way that they explored, they explore so many terrible things but they, they didn't, they didn't, they, okay, the, the word I'm, I think I'm looking for is they didn't imbue it with the gravity of the situation that they have done with anything else. Mm. Like there was so much more drama surrounding very personal things or even national events. Yeah. But for some reason, when they extend to anything that is to do with the empire, the drama is lost. The yeah. gravitas or it's like personalized or it's they always find a way to use the context of like real political situations in the rest of the world to illustrate like somebody's personal drama um and i felt this they did an episode 
seasons ago where they went to like independent Ghana with Kwame Nkrumah and they just used the entire thing um which was a pretty like serious like cold war conflict to resolve like Elizabeth feeling inadequate around like um what was his name JFK Jackie Jackie Kennedy they just used it as like personal drama between the two women and I feel I feel like they did this as well with this Australia episode um it could be that their visit was helpful in creating loyalty for the monarchy I don't know but they turned like um Australia wanting or almost having become Republican to just like a triumph for Diana right absolutely and the other thing is they they it's not that they don't do that with other episodes in the national context but they balance them mm-hmm. you never for a second forget the weight of the actual event yeah. juxtaposition whatever is happening personally yeah. but when it's outside of the national context that balance is completely completely disappears it just disappears so for instance i I'm, yeah. I'm not like remembering exact episodes or titles but with the national events there was something with a fog or the one with the mine that like collapsed yep. or, the ones I'm of. <laughs> or the one with the IRA and those are more complex those usually like have consequences they're handled wrong and then they have to like reconcile with that and so in those episodes also the like British people are people um right. yeah whereas like you said for the the ones that happen elsewhere in empire um it's just like something that yeah that she resolves and that that shows like I don't right. know Absolutely. It's a setting for like, it's the setting for Charles and Diana's marriage. It's a setting for Diana becoming the star that she was. I think it was also used as a setting for Philip and Elizabeth, it's Philip, right? Philip and Elizabeth's marriage in the mm-hmm. early episode. Mm-hmm. So this was all like away tours. Yeah. And then they do this. I mean, we, we talked about, this was the first thing we, we said we were going to talk about, which is in this episode is they they do it they do a um a flashback where they have oh my goodness <laughs> and then they have a montage going through the entire british empire yes and, I, and i'll say something about the crown they always have they they want you to have a certain impression of something like they are giving you a value judgment like i think mm-hmm. the directing is very much uh tilted a certain way so yeah. when they show the, the episode on um on the mines uh i think it's it's called it's something with abafan i think is how it's pronounced mm-hmm. when they did that episode the the beginning of that episode was to sh- was specifically to show you this sweet local community where kids go to school and families love each other and they're just going about their daily life so that when the horrors of it happen you have that context yeah but when but over here there is no um there is no warmth to what they were showing it's literally telling you that this is how massive the commonwealth empire was that's it they're not telling like, you there's nothing about those scenes but for them i feel like they, for them there was warmth with like all of these people and all of these like oh, right. skin yeah. colors yeah. and different settings and like some in the forest and some in rural areas like I feel like they were definitely trying to do a like look at how all of these people love the queen um and look at like all of her loyal subjects and like one big family um to make up for 
again to set up for like what would become then kind of a personal battle that redeems her so then it would show like why she was fighting for the commonwealth and she does this thing that she never usually does which is um take a dispute to the press blah 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 um just because she really cares about everybody um she really cares about the party and she thinks it's like so terrible and again was more about the power dynamic between her and Thatcher mm-hmm. than it was about apartheid like yep. you they, they just kind of like completely washed over that yeah. and again like if you look at Abafan where it was about how much she regretted her response to that mm-hmm. but it was also very much about the scale and the scope of the tragedy yeah so they found conflict the personal, yeah yep and the personal and the public context whereas when it came to apartheid you didn't there was no imagery to kind of like display that they could have they could have done so many things it didn't um, humanize could, any of the suffering absolutely they could have shown a mixed race couple essentially hiding because um you know Trevor Noah has his book which he says I was he was born a crime yeah because you know you couldn't be in i mean that's of course a later i think it, it uh, that's uh, that's just the first thing that came to my mind but you could have shown a family like that to kind of just display what that was like what mm-hmm. apartheid was like or even like the the segregation you know they, there was thousands of ways that they could have done a 5 minute montage at the beginning yeah. like they did with apartheid to humanize and balance what it is and in fact it would have been an amazing thing to do because it would have shown how something so massive and tragic and terrible gets condensed down to uh literally to language mm-hmm. where they're going back and forth on a word they would don't want to use the word sanction yeah and something so large can come down to something as ridiculous or in that context as ridiculous as a word yeah i mean and which is still happening today so it could have been like a great moment right. um i don't know just to show the real human costs of these like political or diplomatic wranglings but again they're just like no nope. absolutely yeah and i think and, uh, yeah i would just say this quickly you could go ahead i mean for me in a way i think it shows like it's not just that this character of the queen that they're creating is invested in some things and not others but just whoever is making this um which yeah. is like Netflix some constellation of like British production crew and American distributor whatever right. um it just also shows and the writers like who they today um humanize and care about and who they use as as backdrop absolutely and it's it's also it's more stark because the big thing about this show is it's so creative it has mm. so much nuance the production value is so high and it's also a very successful show so they don't i don't think that they're in any way uh strapped for cash to kind of like explore those things not that those things i mean i'm just trying to look at it from all perspectives of like the excuses that come out of and i mean also i feel like this is a pretty nuanced argument from our end where we're not just simply saying that oh my god like the, the, the specific numbers of people who you show should be representative like i i i we can understand how those things don't work But I think that this is a fair um criticism. Yeah. Uh maintaining that the reason we have this critique is because the show is of a certain caliber. Yeah. And I think I think it's kind of very a massive blind spot on their part and Huge. maybe it's crazy uh that they didn't 
that they didn't engage with that. Um, so I thought that was uh, pretty, like, you know, interesting. And of course, we can tie it into uh, it's very much still existing in the public forum today in the royal family. Um, yeah. So do you want to, what was your opinion on, uh, what did you think about Meghan Markle's? Oh uh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it reminded me, again, just the ways, the ways that they're using empire as like, to make Britain or the monarchy or whatever seem like the heads of this fantastic family. It reminded me, it was tone deaf in the same way of like, um, when people were talking about Meghan Markle's veil and it had like flowers from every different part of the Commonwealth and it was supposed to be like her special thing that she was doing for Harry um, to show that she valued like the great big family, etc. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it just seemed very tone deaf and very like celebrating something without being critical or realistic in any way, um, in the same way. It's, it's also a very specific kind of tone deafness because I mean, I just think of like the cognitive dissonance where Meghan Markle, you know, marrying into that family, like that wedding, there was so much, um, so much symbolism and so much, respect not i don't know i don't know what the right word is or recognition of what that meant for someone uh, someone who is black marrying mm. into the royal family and talking about her mother's her heritage who was standing there and mm. kind of like those two things and how both she and harry kind of included a lot of uh very um specifically i would say culturally black or American culturally black mm. thing in the wedding um, and that they were very, very keen on all of those things. And I thought that was amazing, but it was so interesting because she, at the end of the day, though, she's American. Yeah. And then like, you can be, you know, you can have, a, even having like, you have this massively marginalized identity, but that ma- marginalized identity is couched within something very powerful. Yeah. And the, the, the difference in hierarchy that kind of like that creates on a global stage and how that was it was it was so interesting to me to be so tone deaf about that when you yourself you know you're being you're so conscious like obviously intelligent and conscious and recognizing um in no way shying away from how momentous it is that this is happening Mm. so I, i just thought that was so interesting because it 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 just it actually just like it it's like it doesn't make sense to me it makes no sense it was yeah i mean this this is just an aside it was also hilarious because when i saw this i was like okay technically i'm from two countries that are part of so-called commonwealth i don't even know what our like national flowers will be i don't even know like which kind of flowers she took and put on her veils from ghana and nigeria but it was being celebrated like it was this wonderful great inclusive thing and like that we were all part of it because we were literally woven into her veil um and it was again a kind of symbolism that was like overplayed and made no sense to us it was similar to how everybody was like yeah now there's a black woman in Buckingham Palace or whatever and this is a great moment for black women blah 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 um that also just (laughs) felt massively overplayed um right and it's also like it's not I mean let's like trying to universalize something like that where you like the lack of recognition that you know 
those things are not they're not universal Mm -hmm. i mean you're you the just by fact of being american (laughs) you're you there are a lot of things that you have i mean it just doesn't match up it's not the same thing yeah yeah yeah. but i'm wondering so in terms of the tone deafness like this is another thing that i saw a lot of um in november on twitter like the week that the crown came out there were on the one hand people like me who love the show and were really excited it was out and really happy to be binge watching it but then there was also like considerable number of tweets of people being like i don't care about the crown it's 2020 like why are we watching things about monarchy like i'm not celebrating the monarchy blah 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 um and it made me think like a bit about like why (laughs) why why i love the crown so much and why it's a guilty pleasure i mean a throwaway response that i had with my cousin um in our family group chat because there are like three of us who love the crown and two who don't um and so one person had asked like why i'm why i care about the crown being out since i only watch um side note i only watch like unrealistic shows so i watch a lot of like sci-fi and fantasy and period dramas because those are also like have no bearing on my reality but for me like i was in the same way like well the crown is not (laughs) it's not realistic either like these people's (laughs) (laughs) these people's existence there's nothing nothing realistic about any of it um and that is true but it's it's kind of a bit facetious but yeah I don't know like why would you say despite all of these yeah I think it's I think it's just like because it exists Mm. I mean it's like it's almost the opposite of your argument where I'm like Mm. well I can I can not be it's not necessarily that I'm so like dying to know what that's like or what the crown is but I think that it's just like an entertaining show, <laughs> like just from the way, even if you had no stake in it um, or cared about it at all, it's an interesting show mm-hmm. um, where it's like, and, and the, the crown, in fact, their producers, I think they, they, and their creators rather constantly talk about the fact that they, this is not like, it's very much real people, but that they have se- taken serious liberties with the stories that they're telling because they don't want it to, they, they're like, it's not a documentary. Yeah. It is a dramatization. And like, they, they harp on that a lot. And I think that's an important thing that they do because um, of course, they're, they're showing pe- people in a real way saying very intense things. And they're asking you to absolutely believe it um, at face value, even though they have no way of knowing what the conversations are behind closed doors. Mm. And so much of it is about what happens behind closed doors. So I think from that perspective, like there is like, just this it's a dramatic it's an sh- interesting show if you just like had no idea who they were you're like oh this is kind of like a weird um and also because they do exist and um it's i think it's a very interesting way to look back at things and wonder how people who were very much a part of it how they might have responded yeah. and i feel like you can use that argument for anything like why watch any movies and shows that are about all of the terrible things that have happened in history. And it's important to remember those things. It's important to like constantly question them. Um, and you can watch something and still be incredibly critical as I think our entire podcast has. Yeah. <laughs> has shown. Yeah. Like I love watching things to kind of like analyze them. I mean, that's what we're, that's literally how this podcast got started. Yeah. So I think, 
So I think that it, I don't think by watching something that you are necessarily um, a supporter you know, of like what lies behind it. This is a thing that should be like, oh my God, I love them. Like I'm not watching it because I love the Royals. Yeah. I'm watching it because of multiple other reasons. Yeah. So, I but like, I can understand that though. Yeah. I like what you said about it being like well-made and good storytelling. Um, right. Yeah. I think that that definitely applies for me. And I think also, I guess, because, because I watch with this distrust of like, okay, they're trying to make me really like these people. Um, it's it's helpful as a starting point in some cases that when the episode touches on something happening, um, like these cousins or like the incident with Nkoma, etc. Um, then after I will often like Google and go and look it up. And, and it also helps because once the season comes out, other places like the Atlantic or Variety, etc. will write um, articles about like what was in the crown versus what really happened. Um so it's it's been a good way, I guess, to find out more about history for things that I may not have looked up myself. Absolutely, and I and I just um, I mean, let's we should just take a moment. Well, I just wanted to shout out um, total like no segue at all, but I just wanted to shout out the Balmoral Test episode. I thought that mm. was a really well done episode because it just. It was such a great episode on class mm. and what, um, like how that again is the driving force behind uh, Britain or like the yeah. royal family yeah. and how those things play into aesthetic and interests and what you think a fun weekend is and how you treat people who don't think that weekend is that fun. Yeah. You know, um, I thought that was super, super interesting, especially the juxtaposition of Diana and Thatcher. Mm. And I think it's interesting now, even talking about it, that we both know that the way the story ends is that the Thatcher and the Queen actually end on very good terms. Yeah. Whereas Diana, who came with all the similarities, couldn't, like, it was completely the opposite. And I think that's a very interesting, just an interesting thing to think about, where yeah. you this marriage happened because supposedly you had all of these things in common, which are of utmost importance to you, specifically your class and upbringing. Mm. And that in reality, the way those two relationships played out were the exact opposite. And I just thought that was super interesting and well done and is a, is kind of like a very important message to, to absorb. To, yeah. I think for me, that episode was also very strong in terms of like, so there is this scene where they've invited Thatcher to Bamora, which is this place in Scotland where they holiday yeah. or whatever, and not a lot of people get invited to. And they're invited for dinner. And so she and her husband show up like dressed up in these, like um, she's wearing this amazing gown and he's in this like fantastic suit. Um, and then they enter the room with the royals and everybody else is in like very ordinary, like outdoor, right. like, going for a walk, drab, um, brown, whatever, khaki, like, things that they would wear in the countryside. Um, and so they're obviously, like, incredibly overdressed and feel very embarrassed. Um, and I can't remember if there's a specific situation in which this has happened to me, but I remember just, like, the secondhand embarrassment for oh, me watching yeah. that scene 
being Absolutely. incredible oh, God. and just yeah. feeling there was something incredibly relatable about it as well of like I don't know because yeah, I didn't grow up like <laughs> royal or crazy rich and so in a way like being invited to something important and feeling like okay you're going to like put on your like fancy clothes or like be fancy and getting yeah. there and just like this moment of realizing which I've had at different points in time in life of like whereas for me it's important when you get things to finally be able to show or demonstrate that for a lot of people who are like born into wealth or whatever they put so much time and effort into like trying to be normal or trying to seem like they don't care right and so like the mismatch when you get into those spaces and you haven't learned and like you are trying to like prove that you are at whatever uh, level yeah. <laughs> and like they are trying very hard to prove that it doesn't matter even though it does yeah. um so I mean okay on the one hand like I could absolutely relate to like just the feeling of being completely wrong and out of it but as I was relating to this like super heavy I also just like was cognizant of the fact that they are trying to make me sympathize with margaret thatcher and i Um, hated that (laughs) i absolutely hated that virtual effect i call it because like yeah they made me be like oh winston poor winston (laughs) even though he was trash and she was trash as well specifically said horrible had said and did and believe horrible things not just racist about, things uh, racist, but like very specifically to my community mm-hmm. like i um you know the place i grew up like he just he was awful about I'm, i mean just uh, to clarify about bengal specifically yeah. um so i i mean the crown is that's what i'm saying they're great at doing that of like yeah. i think they could do one nuance yeah but for some reason they're very stingy about who that they afford that to that's the problem yeah yeah they're very good at it i think it's great and i i actually enjoyed watching um you know thatcher and winston being given these um these kind of like you know very human (laughs) humanizing traits i think it's important i do but uh you can't you can't be selective about that you have to kind of spread that evenly yeah and, um and i and I, I as we said that's just what something the crown didn't do yeah. having said that i would say that i do think that the way they demonstrated uh the complicated thing that is feminism through Oof. thatcher herself not just in how she was treated but in her own beliefs um and from be it from her cabinet to philip to um how she's treated in her own home and how she treats her daughter. Daughter, how she treats herself, how she yeah. how she talks about women in leaders leadership positions and how she um you know, you'll see her, she's talking, she's the prime minister and she's her husband is sitting and she's ironing while she's like telling yeah. him about her meeting the queen. And making and dinner for her cabinet at home. It's 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 so fascinating and it's so real. It's so real and um um how damaging that can be but also at the same time you know the what she accomplished in the face of that is also grudgingly i must I, we can acknowledge is impressive but yeah i get it i don't want to feel <laughs> yeah i don't know i, I 
yeah. I still was like, despite how hard they worked and they worked very hard yeah, to humanize yeah. her, I still yeah. was like, I would not like this person. <laughs> but I mean, I for me, she reminded me of there is this distinction that is sometimes made between like feminism and feminists and like women empowerment people. Um, right. I guess the like quick and easy and probably simplistic division would be like feminists actually about like changing oppressive structures versus women empowerment more just like of getting women in those oppressive structures and not necessarily changing it for everyone but just like the one or two that are within that um and so for me she seemed a bit more about like the latter the latter like the fact that she would not put any women in her cabinet even though she was there herself she didn't want to work with women or yeah. there was this conversation with her daughter. So the fact that when she had twin children, a boy and a girl, and the boy was her favorite, and she like completely spoiled him and completely disregarded her daughter. Yeah. And there's a scene where her daughter is asking her about right. this. Yeah. Um, and one, that she's still horrible to her daughter. And then she's also horrible to the memory of her mother. Um, right. And it's kind of like, yeah, her father wasn't terrible. He treated her well. And it's like her, she makes it seem like it's her mother's fault. Yeah, because right. her mother didn't try hard enough and implies also that like her daughter isn't trying hard enough. Um, I don't know. So it just seemed like a weird kind of female figure who is impressive and does a lot, but is also, like, kind of antagonistic to, like, all the other women around her. This is a very real thing, especially Mm -hmm. in the world of work. People, women complain about it a lot. And what ends up happening, which is really sad, is that it, 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 it gives, um, it really makes it even more difficult for women in places of power, right? Like, it's hard enough as it is, and then you have these situations or these, you know, these figures who are absolutely right, kind of like juxtaposing the feminist movement and the women's empowerment. Yeah. And the truth is, the idea is that they should be, they should, those two things should be brought in together. Yep. We're getting someone into that power structure and then actively doing something to, to change, change it. it. Yeah. yeah. So that it's um, not just the one person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll just to like end with the one like like the let's address the elephant in the room <laughs> that is diana diana um <laughs> firstly i thought the actress who played her wow i yeah, mean just her she voice, was yeah voice was unreal like if you shut your eyes it was diana i mean diana also had a very like distinctive accent and a distinctive way of speaking and she really really hit the nail on the head and mm. so um, any special thoughts about her? I so the funny thing is I did not actually know much about Diana. Um, oh, interesting. I thought like visually she did look a lot like her. Like they found somebody who like yeah. I don't know about the hair and the eyes, but also just the height and the haircut. I thought visually they did a really good job. Um, in terms of personality, I can remember seeing like one or two things about Diana, but I don't remember much about her. Um, it just was funnily enough, a few weeks before the crown came out, before the new season came out, um, one of these podcasts that I listened to called You're Wrong About had done a five part series on Diana 
in the royal family. Um, and so that's how I came to know like a lot of the things that would go down. And then a lot of those things did come out in this season. So that was what I was comparing it to. But I didn't know much about her before. So maybe well, before that's, November. That's yeah, that's so interesting. I, I thought it was... A, I think it's been really beautifully done. Like I... Um, I kind of like, I think because of the amount of exposure to that media that I have, like, I feel very, like, it, obviously it was a big deal when she died. And I remember it, even though I was really young and uh, what that was like for these two little, you know, she left these two little children behind and they, you know, they had to grieve in public. It was a very, very big thing. Mm. So I feel like my empathy quotient there was like very on high alert. Because I, I think I've just like absorbed so much about her in the media and like in talking about her and kind of like her as like this tragic figure. And I think that they did a really beautiful job of like balancing her as a character and as a person. Um, I'm, I, I find that it was a little distracting because I knew that much about her and I was mm. constantly wondering whether people, like, which I don't do with the rest of the show as much, but wondering what it was like for, you know, Harry and William to like be watching that today and how mm. they might be affected by it. And that's quite intense. And I, and I think the only reason we feel that way is because they are close in age to us and are, you know, the royals that we at least publicly like know and engage with the most like and they seem more quote-unquote down to earth or relatable or I don't know whatever what <laughs> and especially with Harry having you know just exited the monarchy and having married mm. Meghan Markle it all seems I think in that sense closer but yeah I don't I agree I don't really have much to say except that I think they did a good job um and I mean, people, but that was like the thing people talked about the most. Yeah. Um, I didn't really read anything or see anything substantial, except for like, the, I think the, 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 the royal family like issued like a warning about the show though. Yeah. That it's fiction. Yeah. yeah that they were like, there should be a view, viewer advisory. And I think the creators and Netflix were like, nope. I'm going <laughs> to do that. Yeah. So that was interesting. I mean, of course we know it's fiction. Why, why would we need an advisory the yeah, just I think that's the crown probably being pretty fragile right now. And it, mm. it just shows, like, it just makes them look very defensive for yeah. doing that. Yeah. They don't seem secure. So that was interesting. So but speaking I just of to, advisories, because yeah. um, I know for some of the episodes they had, like, an advisory about eating disorders. Right. Um, I mean, I think in terms of, like, the eating disorder and the mental health, I'm not right. sure yet if I think that they handled it like perfectly, but I like that they handled it and they didn't try and like completely ignore it. They addressed it. Absolutely. They addressed it. They And they obviously used it for the story, but it wasn't like I didn't feel like they just used it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They don't they don't do a lot of like delving and explaining that. So they kind of I felt that they a little bit of like they did a lot of the imagery which sometimes I think is important because I, I feel like eating disorders are also like with a lot of other mental health stuff but especially eating disorders are things that people think are not real or made mm. up or uh, we just have like such an unhealthy way of talking about bodies like it's so it's so yeah. it's, it's as embedded as like race and gender and class and I think yeah. people 
even realize. Yeah. Um, so I think in that sense, it was maybe probably important to have a jarring image so that maybe people would take it a little more seriously. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. That with the fact that, you know, this was someone very, you know, obviously stereotypically beautiful and charming and seemed to have everything and still, you know, struggled with this and kind of, I thought that was, but I agree with you. I mean, it wasn't the best, but I'm glad that they did. It was decent. It was decent. decent. This and like the, the episodes about Margaret's mental health and her possibly being um, depressed. It was decent. Uh, One last thing I was thinking about Diana, because we started this by saying that like, this was a season that was, um, that shifted from the queen to the crown. And I was wondering about it. I don't know what I think yet, but then it did make me wonder in terms of also age um, and also like in terms of women on the screen, like older women's lives being invisible. Yeah. Um, So the sense that like once the queen gets older, then she's somehow less interesting and we switch to like the new young member of the royal family, which is Diana. So this I'm not sure of, and I for the next season I wonder what's going to happen. But it might be nice at some point to come back to like, not that I'm the biggest fan of Elizabeth, but <laughs> to just have a portrayal of like middle age. Absolutely, let's see her in all all phases. And I mean, at some point we should like discuss. We maybe we can do an episode on just the fe- like specifically the female characters in the crown, mm. like looking at them maybe one at a time. Yeah, and just talking about that because I think we should talk about Anne. We could talk about Margaret. There's a lot of material to cover for sure. Yeah, I uh, guess really and- quickly, who would you say your favorite female character has been? Oof. Well, I don't think they've done enough with Anne and um, mm. with Diana, so I'm going to exclude those two. Um, I actually think, um, I'm going to actually say Elizabeth because I think mm. that they really, really did. I mean, she's not my favorite because I like her the most. I mean, my most favorite portrayal is how I would put it. Because mm. I feel like with Margaret, they, I don't feel like the switch from the two actresses was as seamless. Uh, not They're both great in their own right. But I think the continuity that happened with Claire Foy um, uh, and um, Olivia Coleman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Olivia was interestingly more... I don't know why it felt more uh, smooth, maybe smoother transition. Yeah. So how about you? How about you? Who would you pick? I'm incredibly biased. I would pick Margaret just because I think Helena, Helena Bonham Carter is one of my favorite actresses. Oh, she's awesome. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm incredibly biased. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. No, that, and I, I think one of the most moving scenes, oh my God, we're going on for so long, but okay, one of my... <laughs> the last and then we'll we'll end this yeah but i think i'm gonna end with my one of my favorite and most moving scenes was i always love it when a when a show or a movie displays all the other kinds of love outside of romantic love because mm. it's because those are actually those those are the loves you experience way more probably like most people yeah so when margaret has i think she has maybe i think she's attempted to um like a trigger warning but attempted to commit suicide or she's taken she's overdosed on pills etc and elizabeth goes to see her and then says to her that if to the words to the effect that if you wanted to like tell me what life 
like to give me a sense of what life would have been without you mm. i'm here to tell you that it was awful and i don't want to live that like i don't want to live without you yeah that it was like what am i best at and she says you, you're the best at being my sister like i i wouldn't and i thought it was a beautifully done moment between mm. two great actresses it was it was so real and i think it is probably the most human uh side of i think elizabeth is the most human and the most herself with her sister mm. and i feel that way about my sister so i just i was very moved by that particular scene so yeah yeah Nice. Um, okay. <laughs> so to wrap it up real quickly, we're just gonna just discuss, uh, just mention our favorite pop, pop culture. culture. Um, I always cheat when we do this because I'm not even picking a pop culture moment. I'm just picking like usually I'm just like referencing something I saw on Instagram that I like that like made me smile or was all over my Instagram. But I'm really enjoying uh, following this account called Delhi Uncles. um and there's this i mean it's there are a lot of these like hilarious instagram accounts and it's just like this indian guy who does these really random videos which um i don't even know it's a very culturally specific thing which is probably why it's so funny mm. um with this video recently and he's just talking about he's pretending he's a student and he's talking about a competition in a school and it's about which songs you want and want allowed to sing and how the other you know we have houses and schools in india and yeah. how the other he did and even the way he says cheating is like a, like i love the like i love the the specific accents from different parts of india and how yeah. you and all of those and the idiosyncrasies and he really embodies that in his videos are very they're actually very relatable because we've all kind of in some way seen that in school and like just taking something tiny that happened in school and he's just like run like having this rant about <laughs> and we were supposed to compete and this other house cheated and how could they super funny um so yeah that's my i'm going to just use that as my pop culture moment i will check it out mine is um so season 5 of this show called the expanse just came out it's this like sci-fi series on amazon prime that it's hard to explain but it's basically uh, there are people on earth on mars and in between in this place called the belt um and it just follows like all of the different like diplomatic political scientific wranglings that happen between them um in a way that's very realistic in terms of like people being trigger happy or people being selfish or people being like colonialist etc um so yeah i mean i'm a bit late to it in that it's a fifth season and so i saw people tweeting about it a bunch and also a friend of mine was talking about it and i had never heard of the show So in the past week I've binge watched the entire five seasons and I finally caught up yesterday. Um but yeah I'm just like I love the show and it's incredibly well done. So that's been yeah my moment that's for awesome. the week. That sounds awesome and I'm going to definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay so now Thank when you for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh should we say something about where people can find us? Sure. Do you know where people can find us? This is a good us? question. By the Didn't... time we put this out, I guess we would have made accounts. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe we yeah, will announce yeah. that in next episode. But in the meantime, yeah, tell other one or two other people so we can have more than our three friends listening. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Share, subscribe, okay. whatever. Give us a good rating. Yeah.
okay, I'll taste better. Bye.